We're talking effortlessly always. We're talking effortlessly always. We'll even brighten up your day and bring in smiles to your face. Welcome everyone to tea. We guest today. You see our guest? <laughs> that is my sister, Nzinga Kadali Kim. And um we want to welcome her to tea today. Um yeah, let's start off with uh what you sipping on, NZ? Well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you um, for having me. I so appreciate being a part of uh, Talking Effortlessly Always. Okay. I, I am your self-identified number one fan. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know if that was revealed later, but I, I am quite a connoisseur of tea. And I am a connoisseur of tea. Um, right now, I'm, I'm sipping on uh, red raspberry hibiscus, actually. Well, that sounds um, good. Yeah, it is. It's really good. It's really good for you. Okay. Um, you know, so, like, the, uh, my, my, my children have colds, and so we're all teed up right now. Like, gotcha. So, do you give your children tea as well? Yeah, chamomile, um, ginger, you okay. know, um, just like things that are not too harsh, and we, we definitely cut them with a lot more water. Right. And since they've been sick, it's just it's been a lot of honey too. So. Right, right. Okay. They're over so you can do the honey thing, but got you. What you sipping on, though? Well, I am just drinking some detox tea. I've been sort of eating any and everything, so I feel like I need a little detox. So I am sipping on a detox tea today. <laughs> okay. Oh. I'm sipping on some um, emergency. Cause I've been around. I'm about to say, what kind of tea oh. is that? That is super bright. <laughs> and green tea mixed in okay. with it. Okay. But yeah, a lot of people came by, so I want to just. Everybody seems like they're trying to fight off or prevent a cold or anything from happening right about now. So. You see, that's the thing. Like, um, California just opened up, and so, um, and we just sent the kids back to daycare. Oh yeah. You better keep them. Keep them. Yeah. Keep them together. Okay, I'm trying to get myself together. Okay. All right. So for everyone that doesn't know, Enzi, I call her Enzi. She said that's that's her name. Yeah, that's my name for today, too. I get to Aki, Lo, and Enzi. What's up? <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. Yeah. Oh. So um she's a filmmaker. She been making when when did you make your first film? Um, well, I started making my first film when I was about 16, 15 or 16, because um, uh, our dad, Modibo, uh, got me a Super 8 camera that I really wanted, and, um, and it's an old school camera, so I went all around Atlanta just shooting, shooting everybody, but if you, and I wasn't asking, like, people were really nice about it, but that was the start of it, and I recruited a whole lot of uh, my friends from high school, from the school in Alabama. And uh, they knew I was a weirdo, so they participated. Cause I was like, I'm going to be a filmmaker, so you might as well help me now. And they're like, I'm here for it, you know? <laughs> right. So it, it, that, that was probably the first one. I didn't finish the first one or the second one, but I did finish the third one. <laughs> right. And the third one being Jamaica T. Jones. 
No, actually, the third one was is her story. That was my actual oh. film that actually hit um, like the festival circuit, and that was when I don't know. I'm not even gonna say when that hit, but uh, it's <laughs> it's available now. Okay. <laughs> Oh yeah, I sent Lo um Jamaica T. Jones to oh, okay, okay. and she watched it. I watched it again. But um I really, really liked it. I really first I was like, oh my god, like what am I about to watch? <laughs> I really <laughs> like what am I about to watch? It was really good. Like I was really into it. It put me in the mind of insecure-ish kind of vibe. I loved it. I really, really enjoyed watching it. So glad I'm glad. Yeah. And if you didn't like it, I would love to know why as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, no, I liked it. I definitely liked it for sure. That's what I love. Mm-hmm. That's what I love. And Jamaica Jones was so fun to do. It was a it was a fun piece. And that was one of my um LA pieces. And um Jamaica the woman who played Jamaica, Janet E. Dandridge, is one of my longtime collaborators. And uh we're also in a band together. And uh we, we do a we do a lot of work. Um primarily her focus is fine arts, photography and performance art. Okay, so let me ask you. So, what was the premise behind the, the short film? Like, what was the the goal? Was there a goal behind it that you wanted people to get get something from it, or was it just something you did for fun? Yeah, I, I mean, like, you know, it was it was turning a lot of things that are really scary on their heads, you know. Um, and a lot of it came from Janet. Like, she she's a wild girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, she she's just a really eccentric person. Um, and when I was thinking about the character, I was like, I thought a lot about her, you know what I mean? And, and I knew she could play the character. She wanted to get into acting. Um, so what, what the takeaway was, was that, you know, when you, when you look at something in a different way, um, you can reframe it. Like, um, I mean, spoiler alert, like when, when I think about Jamaica Jones, the whole thing was that she goes to see this psychic that tells her she has to be nice or the end of the world is coming. In the way that she is being nice, you know, like you think that she's gonna apologize to the guy right. that's rude to her and she's gonna, and, and everything is gonna magically appear. No, she went to the place to apologize uh, to him and she found out that he was selling her work so she could get her money back. So it's about reframing the way in which you look at things, you know? That's it was an experiment in reframing. Like even with the stalker, um, again a spoiler alert, Jamaica has a stalker that she she basically turns into her. <clears throat> can I cast the no? Yeah, maybe y'all keep it. Yeah, you say hello. <laughs> makes him her fiat. So uh, <laughs> so you know like in 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 the fact that this scary man who she doesn't know follows her. And, and I don't know, like, if either you had a stalker or anything like that, it's, it's, that's, it's terrifying, you know what I'm saying? Um, and just the fact that Jamaica in herself, it's not fear, it's just like, what are you about? Why are you following me? What are your intentions? And I have to be in I don't even gotta worry about this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I was just looking at a lot of things and just trying to flip them in different ways to see how, how it could work in, in a comedy space. Right. Um, at the time, I was relatively new to comedy, you know, um, and I'm moving back towards drama and dramedy. But you know, I comedy is fun. You know, it's yeah. just, but it just doesn't always work. And the things that you think are funny, it's, it's I guess because humor is so subjective. It's, mm-hmm. 
Look, I did too, girl, because I was like, oh, yes, okay. But tell <laughs> us a little bit about yourself and just your career, you know. Um, okay, so my name is Nsinga Kadali Kemp. I am uh, a Akis big sister. Um, I'm a filmmaker. I have been since I was like, very young. I knew that I wanted to be in spaces and create create images that look like me, but also diasporic images that I had seen that my mother and father made sure that were a part of my aesthetic, things that I knew about um, that the mainstream world didn't know. And, and even I and myself, like, you know, I, it's commonplace now, you know what I'm saying? Like it's 2021, but back in the 80s, back in the 80s, uh, <laughs> to have dreadlocks and be relatively a vegetarian in Talladega, Alabama was unheard of. Mm. And, so, um, and I, I came from a very supportive and loving uh, space in Atlanta, you know, like family, um, people who look like me, um, we like went to Freedom School, all of that, to going straight to Alabama. Like, and when you, that's you know, at six years old and trying to get net, trying to negotiate and navigate those kind of cultural norms at that time, it does something to you. Um, and so what I found is that I retreated in writing, in books, in TV, in stories. Um, and so I learned how to create those stories for myself. And also my mom was a, um, a drama teacher. So that helped too, to see her do, to create performances and stuff like that. So it was, it was really inspiring. Um, <clears throat> and so as far as my career goes, like um, after college, I went to Clark Atlanta University. Okay, Clark. <laughs> CAU. Yup, CAU, I'm gonna shout out, I'm gonna shout out. Um, our brother and our sister-in-law, Kariga and Shauna, they went to CAU too. Okay. I just I didn't know that. Okay. So sad. Um, and then afterwards, um, well, let me just say at CAU, it was a wonderful experience as an incubator. Um, so I got to, uh, I guess, do things that I wouldn't have gotten to do at any other college. Like I got to mount performances and um, and direct shows that that other kids, like people weren't doing when at my age. Like you know what I mean? Like we we got to do things. And the other thing is because it was Spelman and Morehouse, like once people saw that I could do stuff, like they would come from other schools and ask me to do stuff over here. So I was like um, directing shows at Spelman too. Um, and so that, yeah. And so after that, I went to NYU um, for dramatic writing. That's playwriting and screenwriting. Um, <clears throat> it was not my bag. Um, I crawled out of my all this um, but it was too much, too much. And so I moved to LA, um, I don't take yoga, but I do enjoy the sunshine. Um, and so since I've been here, I've just been, you know what I'm saying? Right. Doing a little something, doing a little something, doing a little something, trying to maintain a little something. So with you, with you being into, well, do you prefer to be behind the camera or in front of the camera? Like, what do you, what's your preference or both? Um, right now, uh, it's behind the camera. Mm -hmm. uh, well, actually, right now, it's whatever. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, 
but behind the camera is usually where where I find I find places like you know, yeah. I, if I'm in front of the camera I'm having fun you know what I'm saying right right yeah, behind the camera okay um <clears throat> so what are some films that have inspired you and influenced you in your career as a filmmaker I would say like <laughs> all of them no um a few let's see it's, 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 it's really very I would say School Days was the first one I was going to say I knew it was going to be up in that era yeah like oh my gosh because I was living on a college campus like I lived on a black college campus so I mean and I, I've lived on uh, black college campuses all my life so it's just like you know that that really did something to me um, Kubrick's Clockwork Orange which is a strange strange film uh based on the novel it's, it's but his aesthetic and it's, it's I mean it's wild and it's something that you might not want to you know you you got to be in your right mind like right know, I've never even heard of that me either like if you feel, because uh Stanley Kubrick is such a prolific visionary filmmaker a lot of what you see now is writing his style directly you know what I'm saying so a lot of the stuff that you see a lot of television shows are using it and it's because he was able to calculate and define what the style is for himself. It's really amazing. And Clockwork Orange, like it's a it's a wild stuff, but the transitions are like like you think you're in one place and you end up in another. It's like that kind of stuff, and it's really calculating and magical. It's magical. Um, the Royal Tannenbaums. I've seen that. Wes Anderson is like one of my favorite filmmakers. He did. Um, Life Aquatic, um, but the Royal Tenenbaums, I think that was the biggest one. But, um, <clears throat> and Sankofa, Haile Jirima, um, that was, it was in the late 80s, early, no, it was in the 90s, um, about a woman who basically, she's a model, she goes back to Africa, like she was in Senegal, I want to say Senegal, and she gets stuck back into history where she's a slave on a plantation that leads her What's the um, name of that? I need to see that. That sounds interesting. It's a ama- it's an amazing film. And my mom had to take me kicking and screaming to see that film because I was trying to go to an AKA step show that night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's called Sankofa. Um, and then, you know, and then the stuff like um Cooley High. Like I love Cooley High. I love the the camaraderie and the brotherhood and the and the genuineness of it. You know, you could tell the person who wrote it knew knew that world. That was him. That was right. his. You know what I'm saying? And there's something to be said for that. So I mean, those are just a few. Of course, Daughters of the Dust because it was just aesthetically beautiful. Um, and I know these are all older films. Um, but uh, and then Jerry Maguire randomly, randomly want to know why? Want to know why. why? I want to know why. Because Jerry Maguire is a perfect formula movie. It is perfectly. Um, structurally, the way it hits every single plot point on, mm-hmm. you know, Moana does that too. Um, what else when we watch Little Mermaid? I'm not a fan, but you know, it does that too. It hits certain points. Right. Oh, so even like the cartoons, you pay attention to like the. Well, I mean, the movies are they're expert at it because they they really they're not for kids. They're for us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Watching so. 
the way that they're structured, they're structured for us to understand where the where the stories are going. So they're they're ruthless. You know what I'm saying? Like I believe you seen the Incredibles. That was a perfect. Movie. I like the Incredibles. I can yeah. see that. It was, it was, girl, you got it. And Monster Inc. is one of my favorites, too. I haven't seen that. I, I saw it a long time ago. Um, I, need, I need to rewatch it. I, I love Monster Inc. But anyway, that's a few, that's just a few off the top, but. Um, so like, I'm gonna skip over some of these. I don't wanna make it long. <laughs> don't, don't make it long because I can talk. You know what I'm saying? You know how family do. I would say, like, what is the most important lesson that you have learned um, that has a positive effect on your films? And how did that lesson happen? That's kind of a difficult question, but I think it's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay, so um, I think the hardest lesson that I'm still learning is how to be patient with the process of making a film. It's really hard. It's personalities and people and because I'm usually an independent filmmaker like people don't pay you know they don't pay for my you know <clears throat> I usually have to find money to do my stuff so you have to negotiate and be on your toes and be blah 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 blah, blah you know just be doing 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 like and so with that hustle I'm not a hustler you know what I'm saying like but when you're a filmmaker that's what you have to do you know and it was funny because I actually talked to one of my heroes, I love her so much. I haven't talked to her in a while, but Nzinga. Her name is Nzinga Stewart. Um, she's a director. Um, and she was the one who told me, she was like, yeah, I don't do independent stuff because I want to be able to do what I want to do. When you're, when you're you know, when you're with the studio, you know, you can, you have more freedom to do I think it's more so being patient with the process and learning not to stress out if things are, you know, when things start going off the rails. Because if you're an independent filmmaker, it's going to go off the rails sometime. It's just, it's just going to do that. So when it's when it does that, just to breathe through it and bring it on back and keep it moving. Because you also have to keep actors happy. You have to keep crew happy. You have to keep, you know what I mean? So that's the main thing. And you know, not having an ego. I see. I talked. I, I told you I just talked. Wait, oh. so independent filmmakers—they pay for everything out of pocket. So, are you paying like your actors and everything, or are they like, you know what, I got you. Like, you know, I got you. Don't worry about it. You say, you know what, I got you. What you can do is say, hey, I have a limited budget. Um, I'm doing something <laughs> very lightweight. Um, so you know, if you can donate your your time for a day. Um, but I am at I'm at a place where, you know, I try and pay people for their time, even if it's just fifty dollars. I try and pay people, um, and that's part of why I don't get a whole lot done because I want to pay people. Just you know, because people will show up for you a little bit more if they know that you are respecting your time, even if they say they can do it for free. Like you get a lot more out of paying people. Yeah. Oh, you talking about? Oh, you know, want to know? Going back to that lesson question. The first lesson I learned on my very first film is um, you can never shoot without feeding people. You have to feed people. Like food, like literal, literal. You have to feed them. Because on my first set, 
my first set on location. This was in Talladega, Alabama, and I guess I must have been about 17. And I had done this whole setup. I had my two cameras, I had lights, I had everything, and I had all of my friends and I had no food. And they got really impatient because they had been doing their thing all day. And they were like, yo, I'm hungry. I don't. And so what happens is if people are hungry, they get really distracted. Yeah. From, from jump. Always have some food on set. Always have some food around. So people don't have an excuse to be wandering around or right. whatever. Always have food. Okay. Okay. Like- yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanted to say that I learned recently. You know how they say break a leg? Yeah. And that's because they want you to be a part of a cast. I thought that was so dope. I was like, how did I not know that? Girl. You just taught me something. I, I, know I didn't that. know that. I didn't know that either, but like, the world, break a leg. Yes, because when you break your leg, you need a cast. So they want you to break the leg so you do good so you can become a part of the cast. I got you. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. I learned that as of now. As of now, too. Me, too. <laughs> as of now, you're sold. I just found that out. Yeah, I learned that off TikTok. Oh, my God. TikTok be teaching everybody everything they never knew. I promise you. You might want to check that source, man. You might want to check that source. <laughs> right. it, it sounds right, but, you know, I don't know. It makes sense, even if it makes it's sense. not true, but I don't know. I thought, I was like, man, I felt so dumb. I was like, that's so Why weird. do you feel dumb? Nobody in the world knows that. Yeah. Cause that's not even like. Yeah, I just, but it just oh. made so much sense. Just put it that way. It made so much sense. But <laughs> anyway, so moving on, uh, let's see. Can I ask y'all the question? I love these backgrounds. I love the, I love the tea. I love the Thank tea. Thank you. <laughs> we trying to look cohesive until we can get a little bit more, you know. Fabulous, I love that. So we're trying and to get we, it. We handmade them. Lo actually uh, uh, suggested the flowers. <laughs> I got the board, and she was like, "We should put some flowers around it." Oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's Thank nice. you. Well, I have something to say. I wanted to talk about. So, well, back to the film because I watched it and I enjoyed it. And then, like, um, what was like the premise behind it? Like, what were you trying to get people to to get from the film? And then I'm going to tell you what I got from the film. Okay. Um, really, like a little bit of kindness goes a long way. That's that's basically the thing. Like just a little bit. I mean, and and the other thing is like, um, what what was so interesting about Jamaica is she wasn't. She was always kind. You know, it's just about perception. You know what I mean? Like she was never rude. Like she she cussed out the guy who fired her for no reason. Right. You know. Um, but yeah, a little bit of kindness goes a long way, and it can lead you to unexpected places. Right. That was the lesson. Well, I took, well, I, maybe I was a little off, but I took, <laughs> but perception, everybody's perception is different, but I took the idea of like how she was working a job that she didn't even like and come to find out that her, her art was worth something to her. So she could actually do what she loved and actually made a living, make a living off of it. So it made her sort of like look at things differently. And I was just like, you know what? And that's a lot of people in the world. You never know what that you can make money or something or do something that you love and actually make a living off of it until you actually step out and doing that. And I think that her getting fired basically made her look at it differently. And she was like, you know what? I, okay, I got it. I know what I'm about to do. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's exactly it, though. Like, okay. and everybody is like, 
even though even if I have an intention as a film, <laughs> as a filmmaker, people are gonna get what they what they get from it. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I have sat in audiences where like where they've done a reading of a play where people got something I totally not even mm. you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, right. I don't know how you got that from that, but okay, right. You know, so but yeah, no, that's exactly it. Like in in her, you know, because it's it, the message. The message was very convoluted. I'm not even gonna front. Um, and so when when it boiled down to it, her kindness led her to find out that her art was being sold, that it had worth, and that she could actually do something else. It wasn't the apology to to let him know that something was wrong. It was the apology to get her to, to that place so that she could discover what she needed to discover. And so that in itself was a bit convoluted. But yes, that is exactly, it's a variation on the same on the same thing. Right, because when she was getting ready to go to work, I was like, I know she about to go, just because her, her vibe and appearance, I was like, she about to go do some like art directing or something. She go for a dog, a dog thing. I was just like, that is not, girl, no, this is not for you. <laughs> I was like, okay, no, this is not. I know she had that dope uh, fade with the design. Yeah, I was just like, what is she working here? It was her $5 an hour job, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> but that's how it is. You're right. That's how people be in life. Yeah, hey, man, that's 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 what happens. Like, people people wait tables. That's 90% of everybody, to be honest. Probably, I don't know if that's right, but it's probably up there. I'm sure it's a high number. Right. I mean, especially with, with younger people. You know what I mean? This whole gig economy, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I like Juanita. Juanita was my favorite. <laughs> Juanita the Fortune Rita. <laughs> Them prices was a little crazy though. <laughs> but it was all good. <laughs> you got to you got to work it out. But you got to work yeah. it out how to hear it moves you. You know what I'm saying? Juanita came to me in a spurts. Right. <laughs> he said, I gotta read the bones for you. Right, right. <laughs> that was hilarious. But I had liked how Juanita put it in perspective for her. Like the end of the it's not the end of the world for you, but uh what, what did she say? It's more like the end of the cycle, like you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's the end of the cycle so you can have a new beginning to something else. And that's what she did have, yeah. So I really like that. And I like what well what I took from it was um <clears throat> she needed to change her attitude in order for her to change the outcome of her situation. So yeah. yeah, so I uh and she didn't think it was nothing. She did have an attitude, you know. Um I don't think she thought she did, but she needed to change her attitude and it changed her life. Yeah. You know. And um, I just wanted to touch on one more thing and then I'm gonna wrap it up. Cause like you said, I don't want it to be too long, but um, so Zynga sent me, sent me a video of me reviewing her. That was, was that your first play? That was my first real play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Me and Korea had like an argument about it. He's like, no, that wasn't the first one. I was like, no, I think that was the first one. It was at the art exchange, da, da, da. But anyways, um, so she let, she has a video of me reviewing her first, um, play and I did a poor job. Oh, <laughs> no, you're a king, though. Like, 
You know what I mean? Like, who, who reviews plays at 15? That's true. <laughs> but it, um, it like, I forgot about that piece of me, you know? Like, I left that in the past and it was in the past. <laughs> we didn't forget it was, her. It was so cool to revisit that and to just um, reflect back on your work as an artist, you know? Um, and just thinking like what I thought about you at that age mm -hmm. and how I felt like you were doing some amazing things, you know? So I say that to say, just keep doing what you're doing. Oh. Work is awesome. And uh, I wish that I could have, I want to revisit some more because um, me revisiting Jamaica T. Jones, the perspective I have now is like way different from what I had when I when I first saw it, you know? Right. So. What do you have coming up? Are you working on anything, anything fun going on or what, what you have planned for the future? Right. working on a pilot so we're we're you know we're we're in the process of scripting that um and i'm working on a passion piece that'll probably be my next writing sample um about uh the black power movement in the 1960s so um that's gonna be a lot of fun so i'm looking forward to it and then just you know like getting back to life because i think I, we were thrown off because we had our two kids at a year we got two Oh, girl. And I got one, and that's a lot, so. Well, I'm so glad that I had you on the show, um, and we are so thankful that you were able to make it to the show today. Yes. Thank you for having me. I so appreciate it. I was like, <laughs> But before we go, uh -huh. I have a, a quick question, a couple of quick questions for you, just off the, off the top of your head. What's your favorite color? Me. Favorite food? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> you gotta know. What's your favorite food? Yeah, we got empanada for today. Favorite TV show? Oh, why you got to do me like this, son? <laughs> but right now, I guess it would be, um, oh, I don't even know. I don't even, okay, not the one I'm watching now. It'll be Queen's Gambit for right now. It's a limited series. Just just for right now. Just for right okay. now. Do you have a hidden talent? It's hidden. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and give us a fun fact about yourself. A fun fact. I dang, I ain't even got no fun facts. I am left. <laughs> I am left handed. And I, okay, so I, 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 um, I, I got myself to LA by doing hair. Okay, hustling. Yeah, I saved, I saved money. Like I was working seven days a week and I was doing hair and educational education. And that's how I got it. She has came a long way with her hair doing. Stop it, you just leave me alone, okay? <laughs> I was one of my first set of individuals and, <laughs> She, uh, she was real nice when she walked out of the door and the next day I saw her and she didn't have no individual break. <laughs> oh, she didn't want to hurt your feelings. But she came back like, yeah. those struggle breaks, but now 
Her braids is A1. Because <laughs> I learned how to do it. I learned yeah. how to do it. Yeah, but I didn't do these. I, I I definitely did not do these. I was very happy with my lucky doll. And one fun fact about you that you didn't mention is you had dreads for how many years? 23. I had dreads. Three years. And you got them at the age. What age did you get your dreads at? Two. Two. Wow. So she had dreads before dreads was dreads. Yes. <laughs> it was just me and him. <laughs> It's just me and him. Oh, all right. Yeah, that's, so that's a real fun fact that a lot of people might not know. Yeah. Ever had dreads that long? Well, maybe it was, but not a lot of people put it that way. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot at all. Because uh, Modibo, he always say he's the second dread in, in Atlanta. Sambo and then him. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how you could quantify that. Like, if you just knew all the people with dreadlocks, he was like, yeah, it was just one guy. <laughs> So my dad was the second dread. He was wearing dreads before dreads was a thing, for real. Now it's everybody has dreads, man. It's fake dreads, real dreads, every yeah. dread. No, you never yeah, know. You, yeah. you had your dreads for a second. I had some dreads, but I didn't like them on me. I didn't like them. Okay. And they, my hair is so fine, they was like pulling. The dreads, because it was extra hair holding on to my hair. You know, so. <clears throat> okay. Well, uh, I like that low with me. Again, low with that. A little something I was, you know, we need to start asking our guests, so, you know. <laughs> I'm glad you did first, even though I didn't have my rapid fire answers done. That's how it's supposed to be. supposed to catch you off guard a little bit. So, but, you know, it's all good. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. it. on my toes next time. Yeah. Got you. Yeah, back on the show because uh and i want to say also go watch to jamaica t jones yes it's amazon good. prime it only costs $1.99 <laughs> i really like that it was short because it was kind of short and to the point so right right yeah and uh i think my favorite character of course was uh um juanita but i think the main character was good as well so yeah she was she really did a good job for sure I will let Janet know. I will let Janet eat that know. That got a vote of confidence from T. Yeah. And well, I, I see I just be going on and on, but the, the underwear thing really had me crack laughing. Yeah. Like, the underwear. <laughs> it was so funny. She didn't pay her rent, right? What she didn't pay her rent? Yeah. Her drawers, actually. He had on her drawers. You don't go through somebody's clothes and get a, a woman's drawers at that. I mean, it was, and it was so funny because the costume designer, Radika, was like, okay, so I'm downtown, so you want them to be fuzzy or furry? I mean, for real, like, how do you do um, sheepskin? I don't, you know, what is it? Sheepskin <laughs> at that. I'm like, sheepskin? <laughs> I don't know. I just made it up. Wow. You should have made them more fuzzy, like like ridiculous looking, maybe. The thing about it is those those little shorts were probably very uncomfortable on the uh on our act because uh Cecil, um Stephen Buchanan, who played Luciano, who wore the underwear, he was very patient with those underwear because I know that they were uncomfortable and itchy. I was like, okay, I know. They look uh uh-uh. uh. No, I'm just I'll be weird, you know, yeah, no, okay. 
But that was that that's that was funny. That was funny. I was like, who does that? For the funny. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you have anything for us before we go? Um, no, I just really enjoyed being on here and thank you for having me. Thanks really- for coming. Thanks for coming. Again, go watch Jamaica T. Jones on Amazon Prime. It costs $1.99. And you can watch it on your phone, because I watched it on my phone. Right. Like, you're out and about, and you ain't got nothing to do. <laughs> to get your hair done or something, it's a good thing to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. All right. Thank you. Love y'all. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Till next time. All right. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Talking Effortlessly Always. Also, go over to YouTube and you can actually see our recordings when we record them visually. Um, and at YouTube, our YouTube is t.e.a, Talking Effortlessly Always, and subscribe to our channel. Also, you can follow us on IG and our title there is TEA underscore talking underscore effortlessly. Thank you so much again for listening and tuning in to us. We really appreciate the support. And always, we're sending you a cup of positivity.